RWJ Barnabas Health Telemed offers you two convenient ways to see a doctor anytime, anywhere, without having to come in for an appointment. If you're in need of urgent care, you can use our app to connect with a provider 24-7, right on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Or you can use our website to schedule a virtual visit with an RWJ Barnabas Health Medical Group provider or specialist. And you can even register as a new patient. Book an appointment online at rwjbh.org slash telemed. Your safety has always been our top priority, and we've taken every precaution. So don't delay your care any longer. Get started today at rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Join me at the annual RWJ Barnabas Health Running with the Devils 5K Run and Walk on Sunday, October 24th. For those unable to attend, a virtual running option is also available October 1st through the 24th. 100% of proceeds from the event will be used to support our healthcare heroes in their efforts to protect and build healthier communities. To register today, visit NewJerseyDevils.com 5K. Welcome into a new edition of the Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. I'm Catherine Bogart and joining me as always is Amanda Stein. Amanda, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Look at this. The two ladies taking care of business. Exactly. And our (laughs) guest is also joining us, Megan Duggan. So we're having an all-female power podcast today. Love it. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. For those of our fans who aren't familiar with Megan Duggan, she is a multi-time Olympian, multi-time world championship gold medalist. She played for USA Hockey's national team for over a decade and was the captain for for a long time. She recently announced her retirement and following retirement, she actually joined the Devils organization as their manager of player development this past few months and she's four months into the job. And Amanda, what are some of the things that she shares with us? Well, I mean, just what her role is because, you know, it has a title, but it doesn't sort of have this outline that it comes with because it's a new sort of scenario for the franchise for a lot of franchises who are starting to build up their development programs into being a little more robust not just a person or two right they're they're really becoming far more robust and she's sort of spearheading it all and um it's really awesome because i mean you have to bring it up because it is a thing right it is a woman entering the landscape an nhl landscape where you know, it's not just something like that you and I do, but this is like, you know, she is going to be hands on with these players and helping them achieve their dreams in a way that only people in her role will be able to. So I'm looking forward to people getting to know her and understanding a little bit about how she is fully aware that, you know, the men's game and the women's game and the athletes might be a bit different in the way they operate but they can still go hand in hand and just how her experience and how she wants to lend her experience to this franchise um, to take them to where she's been before, which is the top of the top. And one of the top of the top, the world championships for the women's side, Amanda brings up the most recent champion at the start of this conversation. So if you aren't familiar with who won the IIHF women's world championship this year, you will know in just about five seconds. 
Well, Megan, um, we are recording this podcast the day I have to start here. The day after Canada beats the U.S. at the Women's World Championship. Oh, and we've got to, I had to. I had to. OK, because I know this is a thing in your house, too. Right. Like it's not just me and Catherine, you know, Catherine, obviously American as well. But tell me what it's like in your household uh, the day after you were on an American team. Your wife is Canadian. She played for the Canadian team. What was that like yesterday? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's exactly how you would imagine it. Um, it's actually funny because I'm um, I'm I watched I'm in Toronto right now. I actually watched from my uh, my in laws' house here, and so I was heavily outnumbered by the crew last <laughs> night. But um, no, I mean, it's always um, we we put something on the line. I have lots of laundry to do when we get home, um, so I'll be doing all of that. But. No, it was an exciting game, obviously. Um, so fun to to just watch the women compete. Um, it was went into overtime, as we all probably could have guessed that it would have. And, um, you know, Marie-Philippe Poulin scores a game-winning goal, which we all, you know, maybe could have guessed it would have happened. But, um, yeah, I'm happy for the women that they got to compete in the World Championship. Yeah. I know, you know, the U.S. Uh, team, certainly that one's going to sting for a long time. But, um, it's been a long time since they've competed against each other <laughs> in the world championships and they put on a, a great show and a, you know, it was an excellent hockey game. So we had the opportunity to watch, uh, last night from start to finish and had my son in his, you know, split, split colors. So but, yeah, I was going to ask like, what does George wear? Like half and half? Yeah, we had him in a little mix, you know, a little red, white, <laughs> blue, like he was all over the place, but no, it was good. Like I said, it's, uh certainly a tough one to swallow for the Americans today. And I've, I've been on both sides and, um, you know, it never gets easy, but, uh, it was, a, it was a great showing of women's hockey for sure. I had to start there, Catherine. I, you can, you can really get into the deep stuff, but I, I just had to have that moment. <laughs> well, Amanda alluded to it, but Megan, you're a very decorated hockey player yourself. You played in so many of those women's world championships. And then now you're coming into the NHL with a different side of things. And you're a couple months into the job now as a manager player development for the New Jersey Devils. What's the biggest change and takeaway that you've observed about your own experience working and being involved with this sport in your first few months working in this NHL team franchise? Well, first of all, I mean, it's, it's been an incredible experience my first four months. Um, my, my biggest takeaway is the people, the culture, um, kind of the group. And, and I've had the, uh, you know, great opportunity to, uh, whether it was at the draft or whether it was, you know, during different meetings leading up to the draft and, um, you know, being in market a few times and just getting, getting to meet a variety of different people that, like everyone on this call, all have the same goal, right? Like we all have the same goal. We want the team to the New Jersey Devils to be excellent and to compete and play in meaningful games and, and win a cup. And so there's so many people working towards that goal and, and being able to kind of infiltrate myself into the group and, um, you know, learn from those that have been around for a long time and, um, and you know, and add value where I can has, has really been, um, it's been thrilling for me these last four months. I've learned a ton. I've been drinking out of a fire hose a little bit, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited, obviously, as everyone is really looking forward to the season getting going, um, you know, and being able to watch the players compete live and, uh, rather than watching video and stuff like that, uh, cause I came in during the off season, but, um, it, it's a great group and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, thrilled to have the, the role. How did it all come about for you? Like, how did we get to this point where we're on a call with you talking to you about your involvement with this NHL franchise? Like, where did it sort of all start? 
Yeah, honestly, it's um, it it presented itself pretty organically just through some great conversations with, um, you know, Kate Madigan first and Tom Fitzgerald and Dan McKinnon. And you guys know all of them, and they're they're wonderful. And um, for me, you know, as as kind of 2021 came about, and I had recently retired from my playing career, and I spent some time thinking about what is that next step that I want to take. Um, I knew that I always wanted to. Um, have an impact in in male professional hockey in the National Hockey League. I wanted to move forward in that direction, and so I started doing, you know, my homework and my research and, and trying to figure out what was out there, what were where were their needs, where could I have an impact, and um, and really started networking. and And right off the bat, you know, was able to form a great relationship with with Kate and uh, Tom and Dan, who I mentioned, and and we had some wonderful conversations and. Um, obviously seemed like a great fit from both sides. And like I said, it just kind of developed from there. And part of your role is really working with the farm team, with Dan McKinnon, the general manager of the Utica Comets. So during the draft, when you're there and you're looking at these people that the Devils are adding to that depth pool for this franchise, what was your role in that? And what will be your role working with these prospects that were selected in the 2021 draft? Yeah, being at the draft was it was my first draft, obviously. Um, really exciting, high stakes, lots of pressure. Um, and you were so in the room. I like was, you were I was. in the you were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, a wonderful learning experience for me, certainly. Uh, but also, you know, the ability to add value on certain aspects of players that we're looking at and um, you know, how how they may develop and things like that. So it was um it was, it was really a great experience. And, um, I learned a ton from just listening to say the amateur scouts, um, discuss, uh, certain players, what they were looking for, you know, how seasoned they are in their jobs and how many times they've seen these players play, learned a lot from, you know, Fitzy and Dan and Marty about just what the culture of being a New Jersey devil means and the type of player that they're, they're looking for, you know, whether it's, uh, from character standpoint or compete level. And, um, so it was a, a wonderful couple of days um, to be a part of. And then, you know, on the development side, as we're, as we're choosing these players, and now we have chosen these players thinking about, you know, where are they great? Where do they need help? How can we um, as a development team work in the next, you know, the near future to make them reach their goals and to help them develop through the life cycle as a player that they all envision and that we envision for them. So um, there's certainly, you know, a changing of the guards and, and, you know, collecting those players from the amateur scouts that know them so well and, and helped us draft them to now, okay, what's their development plan? Um, and that's where, you know, our group comes in. So what goes into, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit there, but what goes into a development plan? Like, what are the things that you're, you're looking at? I know it's like a pretty big question and like an open-ended question, but if you're like taking a specific player what are the things that you want to jot down uh, in terms of outlining a development plan for this person? Yeah, that is a big question. And or I'm the still, areas, I, maybe that's easier. I'm still, learning, yeah, I'm still learning a lot of that, obviously. I think what's exciting about being a part of player development is that, um, you know, it really affords me the unique opportunity to kind of um, have discussions and work with people yeah. in a variety of different areas, right? Because developing a, a player in a person and a 17 year old kid to become you know a, a staple NHL player or a superstar or a leader of your team like there's a lot of components that go into it whether it's on ice or off ice um, you know technically tactically mentally physically like there, there's a million different areas and 
Um, and so I'm still kind of learning all of that and figuring out what can I take from, from my experience in developing as an athlete from when, you know, I first made the national team when I was 18 years old to playing in my third Olympics when I was 32. Like there was a lot of change there, right? Both on the ice, off the ice, and mentally and physically. So taking some of that and hoping to implement it and then, um, you know, just, just helping out the, the group that's, that's already been churning and going for so long right? Like it's, this is, it's not a new thing. I'm new to the team and hoping to add value, but they have their, their way of doing things and um, you know, what works and what doesn't. And so really just coming in and, and trying to help fill um, any gaps that, that were there and, um, and working well with the development group and Dan and, and uh, the rest of the organization. Following the draft, I mean, the thing with the shortened NHL offseason this year is there's really no time to rest. So following the draft, we have free agency and the Devils were incredibly active with this. The hockey operations department was working nonstop. They land the top free agent, Dougie Hamilton, a top tier defenseman. Then they get a really good backup in Vanier for uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. You just have all these really good players that are coming into the system now with this already young starting to be established Devils roster. So now you look at this team going into training camp and preseason and all of that. Where have you seen this team really change and develop since before the draft started and the beginning of off season to now going into a new season in 2021? Yes, lots of moving parts, as you said, you know, between draft and free agency and kind of, you know, bringing in new players. And what I think is so cool is when you when you think about, um, you know, some of the expectations that management put on themselves uh, for this offseason, you know, when you, look, when you look back and listen to some of the things that Fitzy was talking about in April and May and what he wanted to do and, uh, you know, hitting targets and reaching goals like that. That's what he did. And so I think it's exciting to be a part of an organization where, you know, leadership sets goals and then goes out with with their counterparts and their groups and, and attains that. And um, so it's been an exciting process to be a part of and, and to watch them kind of work and have success. Um, and I just think there's a great energy. You know, I think um, we've talked I've talked to both of you probably at times about just how exciting it is to be a part of a group that has so much on the horizon, right? So much young talent. And now for management to surround some of that young talent with some other seasoned players that they picked up in free agency. Um, I think there's a lot of buzz around the New Jersey Devils and, and I'm certainly proud to uh, be a part of the group. So I'm wondering what your level of involvement is when it comes to, you know, prospects versus established NHL guys. I mean, maybe established isn't the right word, but like some of the younger guys who are trying to establish themselves, are you mostly focused on the prospects or do you sort of have this like overarching uh, role? Yeah, I think it's a combination, honestly, like okay. I, like I talked about earlier and, um, and really just as well, like, I think my role, um, we're, we're all still kind of uh, learning, <laughs> you know, where I can best add value. Uh, certainly done um, a lot of work with, you know, the prospects and some of their development aspects over the summer. But, um, but I think, you know, every, every player always wants to get better. And when you're working yeah. on the development side, and um, I want to be able to provide resources to all the players in our system or to um, do anything I can in order to help them achieve their goals, regardless of where they're at in their life cycle. Um, and so I'm certainly willing to do that. And, um, and definitely going to continue to work at, at the direction of, of management and, um, and everyone else in the organization. So I think I'll continue to learn a lot this upcoming season when I, like I said, can be at games and see players <laughs> and rather than video and e email and stuff and Zoom. But um, 
so yeah, it, it, it will continue to evolve. And, um, and, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to that. Do you feel that the type of athlete that we're dealing with in this day and age is maybe more responsive to having different levels of help, different levels of, I don't want to say encouragement, but just like outlines to help them because I, you know, I haven't been in the league that long, but I also, you know, followed the sport for my entire life. And it almost seems like many years ago, like maybe this role wouldn't be have, wouldn't have been as accepted by players itself versus now you have like a whole new breed of athlete. Yeah, I would definitely say that's a fair assessment. I think, um, and again, I've kind of watched it evolve through, through my career, your own Um, career. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the way athletes, whether it's treat their bodies or seek out resources or, you know, mentally prepare, all of that has changed. And, you know, each day that passes, we are, our eyes are open to other resources that are out there, whether it's wearable technology and, you know, readiness tracking or, um, you know, different types of imagery and visualization that athletes use. And, um, you know, strength conditioning is always evolving to make players bigger and faster. So I, I'm always in the camp that the players that are going to seek out and take advantage of, of a lot of those resources in order to, you know, it, to grow in like these 1% areas and these marginal gains in their careers are the ones that are going to have success. So being in a position to uh, not only, you know, brainstorm and creatively think around what types of things we can implement with our players, but then also, you know, provide that to them uh, is, is an exciting thing for me. And Megan, another good area that players tend to focus on a little bit later in their career is the off-ice stuff. You mentioned it with visualization. You mentioned it with leadership. Another part of it is knowing your role. And there's a lot to be said about someone who's been able to compete at the highest level through a long career like you have and knowing the different ups and downs and how to maintain the mental side of it as much as the physical side. So how are you bringing your experience of being a captain for Olympic teams and being a veteran for a team that really struggled against Canada for years and then was able to win a gold medal and win world championships in the past. So how were you We've come full circle. We've come full circle. (laughs) How do you use your experience in being one of those players that has really been through adversity and has been through the tough times and has had a long career and take that to someone who's younger and maybe struggling or someone who's a veteran and isn't reaching their full potential like they used to two to three seasons before. Yeah, for sure. I think the the biggest thing probably for this upcoming season for me is going to be building relationships with the players at any chance that I I can and, um, you know, earning their their respect and their trust in those capacities because those, um, you know, the the topics that you're talking about, right? Adversity, uh, leadership, work ethic, culture, like those are things that, um, you know, takes, takes a, a little bit more buy-in or it takes some work off the ice, um, you know, to, to improve in those areas. So I think being able to create relationships with players, um, you know, have an impact and add value wherever I can is going to be, going to be really important. And I certainly, um, have learned a ton from my experience as an athlete, and I'm definitely going to take that with me into this next phase in my career. Um, but also, you know, be open and willing to know that it it is, maybe it is a little different and things operate differently and, um, and learn from them as well as to like what their needs are and and how I can best help. So kind of draw from my experience, but also be open to, you know, the, um, you know, the, the difference, um, between the, the men's and the women's game, um, and how I can help them elsewhere. And we've seen over the past few years too, and on Twitter last night, if anyone was on, they saw a lot more um, support and a lot more 
people talking about watching women's hockey and talking about how it is so competitive. And there was a stigma for a long time that a women's hockey player was not to the same level as a men's yet. You see this every day, but the skill is there. The speed is there. The intensity is there. So to see NHL players and to see more people talking about the women's game growing, how has that been for you to see that people are embracing hockey is just hockey. It doesn't have to be men's versus women's. It's hockey in general. Yeah, no, it's great. We've, we've come a long way. I thought the support for the game last night was, was excellent. Uh, it was fun reading through some of the, you know, some of the content out there, obviously. Um, and we've, we've come a long way to still, still have a long way to go. But I think, you know, in the past couple of years, um, whether it's, you know, the, the PWHPA having relationships with NHL clubs and putting on events and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and more games being visible and broadcasted, you know, the game last night on TSN and NHL network. And, um, and again, I mean, the skill level, the compete level, the speed was high. And so exposing people to that and increasing the visibility of the women's game has certainly helped. Um, and it, again, it, frankly, it's, it's great to see more women, whether they're, you know, alumni like myself or, or other women infiltrating into positions within NHL organizations. And I think bridging some of the gaps there too. That's exactly what I was going to mention, right? Because you get a different type of visibility, whether we like it or not, when you're involved in the NHL game. So for someone like you to come in and be able to, you know, be part of that bridge, as you explained it, I mean, what does that mean to you to be one of those faces that not only did you have this incredible career, but here you are now taking on a vitally important role in an NHL franchise. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's an honor. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's, it is an honor because um, it's, it's, I do not take it lightly, right. I'm a super competitive person. I'm very um, driven to, to grow and, and to be excellent. That's, that's how yeah. I was raised and how I've lived my whole life. So it's an honor for me to be in this position and I'm looking forward to, um, you know, continuing the work with the Devils. I think I do look forward to a day where, you know, a woman getting one of these roles is, is not news. Not a thing. Will be, yeah. yeah. But, but, but with, you know, in saying that um, I'd be remiss not to mention the importance of the visibility, right. And the importance of the representation um, and what the New Jersey Devils, you know, how they have welcomed me and my family and, um, into the organization. And I think that's, uh, that says a lot about, about our group, right. It says a lot about Absolutely. The, the organization as I was alluding to earlier. Um, you know, and that's one of my biggest takeaways is, is, is that the relationships and the people. So, but you know, you look at Cami Granado, she's a pro scout out in, um, uh, with Seattle Kraken and Kendall coin works in development with the Chicago Blackhawks. Like it's, it's great to be, and I know there's others. Um, those are just two I'm, you know, naming off the top of my head, but um, it's great to be to be one of those women. And you know, you look at Kate Madigan, hello, just she's like incredible, yeah. exploding and what a wonderful mentor for me to have in this role. And um she's just, you know, she's taken off is my impression. She has no, and, you're right. Yeah. So um so there's a lot of, you know, powerful female role models for me to kind of look to and um and then hopefully be uh for future generations. So you mentioned you know, growing up, like wanting excellence, competing to be excellent um, and that competitive drive that one has to have to be a professional athlete. So I'm wondering, how do you channel your competitiveness 
differently when you're out there competing versus still being competitive in the sense of like, you want this devil's team to win a Stanley cup, to reach the highest heights. Like that has to be like an interesting process on how you channel that competitiveness. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I had a couple <laughs> you have a lot less control. Yeah, exactly. That was my point. So I, I, um, in between my, my second and third Olympics, I coached for a couple seasons up at Clarkson university. And that was my first experience kind of on like the non-player side of hockey. And it was the first time that I really had to work on like my patience when it comes to competitiveness, <laughs> because you have some, you have a lot of control as a coach or, you know, as working in development or management yeah. or whatever, but at the end of the day, like when the puck drops, like you can only do so much. And so the patience and, you know, the willingness to stay competitive, (laughs) like it's just, um, so I definitely like drawing from that experience and, um, and being patient and, and knowing that, you know, it, it, things don't happen overnight. Again, my role with the organization is development, right. And development (laughs) takes time and it's a process. And, and so sticking with that and, you know, um, drawing on my experiences through, you know, different processes and, um, you know, a team's development between two Olympic games and, and things like that. So I, I'm not the most patient person, but, uh, but I'll continue to, to work on it and need it in this role. Megan, when you look forward to this upcoming season, the Devils, we talked about it. They had a very exciting off season. How do you expect this team to develop from day one of training camp? through midway through the season to the end of the regular season. What do you expect out of this Devils team this year? I think it's going to be a great year. Honestly, I'm excited. I think, like I said earlier, there's a lot of energy and excitement and buzz around the team. Um, I have a feeling that, you know, or I know that the guys worked hard this off season and, and, you know, we're going to show up ready for camp and, and excited to get the season going. I think, you know, it's no secret that the last, however long, just in, 18 months or two years in the world has just been chaos. Right. And I think everyone's looking forward to um, continuing to, to, you know, put effort and energy and excitement into hockey and having, having success there. And, um, and so I'm, I'm, I think the team's going to be great. I have high expectations. I have high hopes. um, And I'm looking forward to, you know, working with the group on um, continuing to help the team play in in those meaningful games that they want to play in. So are you going to bounce around between home and New Jersey and Utica, like Newark and Utica? So like, <laughs> what? Like, where are you going to be? A lot of bouncing. And I know you also have like another baby on the way. Your I wife do. is pregnant. So I like, do. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you taking around. this on? <laughs> a lot of bouncing around, a lot of variables. Um, yep. Have our second child coming in uh, October 13th, pretty much like the day the season starts. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Perfect yeah. Timing. So all uh, very exciting. but. Um, but no, I mean, it's, um, I've, I've been passionate my whole life about like being go, go, go and, yeah. um, having my hands in a lot of things and, um, you know, adding value and probably, you know, stretching myself thinner at times than I, I need to be stretched, but, but I'm excited. I mean, I'm, you know, thinking about, uh, too, growing my family. Like I'm, I have a lot of passion about being a working mom and, um, you know, and, and showing and proving how important that is and how it can be done. And, um, so a lot of, lot of things upcoming, but it's all, all exciting. Um, certainly going to be bouncing around a bit between Utica and New Jersey and, um, you know, also the NCAA and, and seeing some of those players and stuff too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it should be an exciting season. So I have one last question on my part. Um, and then I'll throw back to Catherine, but 
you have your son, George, and I believe uh, you're expecting a daughter. Is that it? Yep, yep. Okay. So first of all, how is Jillian doing <laughs> as you get to the end here? <laughs> yeah, she's good. It's been, uh, it's been a hot stretch the last, <laughs> last couple of weeks, you know, being, uh, eight or so months pregnant, I think, uh, <laughs> She's, uh, yeah, she's certainly ready? ready and excited for the home stretch, but no, she's doing great. Thank you. Good. And so what are you like thinking about? Like you've got your son, what do you think it's going to be different about like raising a daughter? Like, does that like make you nervous? Like you've done it with George, like he's two, yeah. right? He's like- yeah. He's uh yeah. So he's one and a half. It's, okay. um, and obviously been such a joy and he's amazing. I, I know that, you know, he, there's elements to the girl that will be totally different. And I'm sure, she, yeah, you know, yeah. he sleeps one way, she'll sleep this way or whatever. <laughs> so we're prepared for that. But it's also exciting for me, not that it's not exciting to have a boy because it is, but it's exciting for me to be someone that's like always advocated for like yeah, women's yeah. empowerment and women infiltrating into male dominated industries, whether it's sports or business or whatever. It is exciting to think about, you know, having a daughter, right. And, mm-hmm. um, and raising her to, to, play hockey or to coach hockey or whatever she wants to do. Um, but there's definitely like that layer that that's a little bit different. And I know that we've talked about that. And, um, so looking forward to that for sure. And Megan, when you look at your, your young children and now your in-laws family, your family, are they all converted to devil's fans yet? Or are they, (laughs) you know, you know, what's uh, what's awesome is, um, is, uh, we, after I, I ended up getting some swag for, um, whether it was like George and, you know, my, my wife's family has some nieces and nephews, her, her brother's kids and sister's kids. Um, and we saw them for the first time in, in the whole like, like pandemic yeah. and everything. We hadn't seen them all and saw them for the first time shortly after the draft, a couple of weeks after and gave them all some swag and they were loving it. They showed up like the next weekend and they had their devil's hats on. And stuff, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, converting them all for sure. They're so from Toronto, like right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. So that's like, were they Leafs fans before? Oh yeah. yeah. See, that's hard to break from. Like that's, yeah. that's, that, that's a good job you did there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, they give the kids some swag and they love it. Exactly. You are developing our players here in the Devils organization. You are also developing fans across yeah. the border. So when we did hire you, this was a great decision by management to really grow the Devils fan base. Yeah. But Megan, we appreciate all the time, all the honest answers to all these questions that we have. And we're excited for our fans and for the organization to get to know you more and your role as a manager of player development over this next season. Yeah, thanks. Great chatting with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Congrats on the new house, honey. What's this? Carbon monoxide detectors? Yeah, but one on every level. Because you can't see or smell carbon monoxide. And when fuel-burning appliances aren't working right, CO can build up and be deadly. Guys, I'm on it. We just want to know you're safe. At PSENG, we're committed to your family's safety. Know how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. If your CO detector goes off, leave immediately. Then call 911. Protect the ones you love. Learn more at PSEG.com slash gas safety. What an awesome conversation with Megan, Amanda. I mean, not only is she one of the best women's players, she's also such a good hockey mind and someone that this organization already has relied on and will continue to rely on as she's in this role. She is. And I, I like what you said at the end there, Catherine, like, thank you for your honest answers, because, you know, there was nothing made up. You know, if she didn't know something, she didn't make it up, like, because there's so much honesty there and that this is new. This is, you know, everyone's figuring it out along the way. But 
relying on personal experience to figure out what the best thing for the franchise is. And she's just so well-spoken. I had a chance during the draft um, to, I mean, I've met her many times before, but to be in the team environment with her around all the scouts and um, around management and people in hockey operations. And what's so beautiful about our team is just, that everyone is just part of the group, as she mentioned. You know, everyone extended themselves to her and her family. I felt the same way when I came on board four years ago. So it's really nice to see that it just, it keeps going because it's going to bring in so much talent. And I don't just mean on the ice, off ice talent, the people who are in hockey operations, that is so vitally important to the success. So I'm so glad we got to talk to her. You know, she's in time right now where training camp is getting underway. Things are getting very busy. Um, this is when she can really, you know, start leaving her mark because as you, you know, as she mentioned, she's been watching a lot of video, um, you know, scouting through video, but now she gets to use her own two eyes um, and, and really, you know, keep her eye on, on the upcoming talent. And with the Devils, I mean, you see this in management, you see this on the ice, you see it all through, uh, throughout the organization. Everyone has a role. And that's something that yeah. Megan knows really well from her own playing days when she was the captain and when she was a newbie coming onto the national team, all these different roles that she had. And I think that's something important to note about this organization because mm -hmm. you have Tom Fitzgerald as GM, but he relies on a lot of other people. And it's not about one person knowing everything. It's about yeah. each member of the department, each member of the power play, each member of the penalty <laughs> yeah. kill being able I mean, to it is come a team. in. It is a team. Exactly. So it's good to see Megan being a part of this team, knowing her role, bringing a lot of insight in and seeing that this management is doing the same thing on the ice as they are doing in their own hockey operations, which is having a bunch of people around sharing ideas, sharing thought processes, sharing ways to get better in order to grow this organization and not just have short-term success. Yeah. It's, you know, she's, she's bringing so much experience that really like you can't get anywhere unless you're where you were in her shoes because not even, you know, players who played a thousand plus NHL games like Tom Fitzgerald did, or, um, you know, guys who played in the league for however, even a hundred games, right. The experience of being a female hockey player, um, whether it's playing for your national team, whether it's, uh, you know, playing for your club team, it's a completely different beast that requires, as she mentioned, you know, a different level of competitiveness because you don't have the same eyeballs. You don't necessarily have the same um, respect or whatnot. So her fighting nature, I'm so looking forward to seeing how that translates uh, to working with us. So it's awesome. We will see plenty of it as training camp is underway. The season is around the corner. Hockey is back, people. So get ready to see how this Devils team that has had some big acquisitions in the offseason, including Megan, turn this ship around and make it a good season. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. For Amanda Stein, I'm Catherine Bogart. Thanks for listening to us. Be well and be happy.